We've been adding in the Maral, the Mishnah, which tells us the sayings of the Zug, Shmai, and Aftalian. And like all the Zugas, the Maral explains why the two are exploring the two different sides of the same principle, being either looking at it from the point of view of the Avas Hashem, what was meant to do, or looking at it from the point of view of the Yerushimaim, what was meant to avoid. And each Zug explores a different uh, relationship between people and focuses on the Ava and the Yira, what was meant to do, what was meant to avoid in each one. So we saw the mission of Shmael, and Shmael says the, the, what a person should do, and that is the Hovis and Malacha. A person should appreciate, value the work they do themselves, we saw the reasons why. And even there's a counter to that, Shlai Sarabonus, Father Saladarashis. Avoid authority, don't look to be in a position which others need to serve you. That's part of the, that's part of the way to Makayim say, which basically means, like we saw, a person should put himself in a position where he's self-sufficient, where he deserves what he gets on his own right, where he isn't reliant on others to help him. And we saw in a deeper sense because in that way uh, he has more of a kasha to what we call chios on his own, and isn't dependent on it for other people. So to finish the last paragraph in the Maral, where he talks about the saying of Shmaya, he says, we're talking about now the negative side of Surah of authority, which means a person tries to force others to do for them. It says, Authority buries those who have it. And the proof the Gemara gives, We see the Nevi'im, each one talks about the reigns of the kings in which he was a Navi. For example, Yeshaya Navi. So he prophesies during the reigns of Achaz, Cheskiah, Menasheh, Amain, the same thing with the other Nevi'im. We find that they mention the reigns of four kings whose lifetimes their prophecy spanned. So we see that the Navi outlived a number of kings. And the way the Gemara explains it isn't due to the schosim or the longevity of the Navi, but rather the fact that kings have authority, authority buries, its, uh, uh, buries the king, which is why compared to Navi they have shorter lives. Similarly, the Gemara says inside to Amrav Yechon and Dhamma Mace Yosef Echov. Yosef was the youngest of the brothers in Eli, and he died the first, which means he lived less than all the other brothers. And the Yerchan says, if Nesh Hini got some Rabbonus, Yosef acted as a king. So the Maral says, we see in both of these Gemaras that authority causes people to die younger. And what would the reason be for that? It's based on the principle that Maral explained to us before, and that is that a Keshe to life is more when it's, so to speak, a person earns it, it's his own, it comes from himself as opposed to something which a person gets from a different source. So, being manigatsmirabonus, which means relying on other people to do for you, is really distancing a person from that source of curse and making him a recipient of other people's curse. And the way it plays out is that a person lives less. Also, we can say the other point of Maral says, that a person who's not self-sufficient in that extent is less shalem and something which is less complete, less whole, 
is less of a Matthias in this whole time. And the third point the Maral says is because the Baal Sarara, a person who looks for authority, so by acting like that, he'd separate himself from everybody else. And then he's on his own, as opposed to being part of the Tibur, he becomes apart from the Tibur. That's the way he wants uh, other people to respect him. And he sets himself apart. He makes himself uh, something above everyone else. And therefore, that's what we said. That's why a person we saw should distance himself from the ruling authority because they don't connect themselves to other people. They held themselves separate. And that's why the mission says that if we find people in power who are trying to connect to people, it's obviously to serve their interests in some way because they, they, they naturally would tend to distance themselves from people if they didn't need anything from them. The, the person who is now judged as the individual and detaches to separate himself from the Kal, so he says it's Yadur that he doesn't have the same Kal that the Kal has. When you have water, which is part of a stream, a current, a river, so of course it's going to, you'll have the river and the current will still exist. If you have just a trickle of water by itself, it will drive much faster. And therefore, the Baal which is the person who distances himself from the Tibur, which means the Baal in that way, because he's apart from everybody else, he doesn't have the source of everybody else, and therefore he lives less because he's reliant totally on his own merits as opposed to the Tzibur, which have each other, and therefore they have a joint communal merit. Now, obviously, we're not talking about the Balsara who is using his position as a way to do chesed for the rabbin, because if, if the, like we saw by Ramavino, if the way that a person acts is that he doesn't take from everybody, in that way, he sets himself apart, but he's always willing to give everybody. So, in that in that context, so then for sure he is, uh, the tzibur needs him, and uh, the shchusim of the tzibur will help him. And the mission also obviously later says this when it's talking about a person who's oisik in tzibur, the shchusim of a A person who's acting for the welfare of a tzibur, the the, ben, the the merits of the tzibur help him too. So for sure, if a person is using his position as only as a way to help the tzibur. Then he, even if he is separate from them in the sense that they are the recipients and he's the giver, nevertheless that gives him the ability to that gives him the ability to on the tzibur and make himself necessary to the tzibur and therefore benefit from the schusim of the tzibur. We're talking about a surah which a person sets himself apart from the tzibur, and uh, on the contrary, he wants to, to utilize the tzibur for himself rather than be the benefactor of the tzibur. And the case like that, then it's something which. The schosim the person has are only his personal schosim, and that can lead to uh, to him dying younger. The question by Yosef Atzadik, that's the Gemara's example of of when uh, uh, Rabbanus or authority buries those who have it. Even though Yosef, of course, was the one who was the mashpir, he was feeding his family, he was looking after Klai Yisrael, he was the ultimate giver for the benefit of everybody else. But it's not referring to that period of Yosef's life. 
referring to a period of the time when Yosef acted as the the Adonai Oret, who was being the dictator to his brothers, and uh, that was when he was set himself apart from them, in a way that he wasn't, even though maybe his intention, of course, was to bring them to Chava and was for their benefit, but in that situation, he was in in the position of being on the one side with all of them on the other, as opposed to later when, on the contrary, Yosef was always there to, to provide for and take care of his brothers. So that you say of why a person should be Sainas Arabonus, the next point, a person shouldn't even be known to the, the power, the ruling authority. Even though the Rabbanus also has some elements of what Shlemus, that is that there's a de- the negative side to the Rabbanus, that it sets a person apart from everybody like we saw, which means wanting to be in political power, that's only bad. There's no benefit in that for a person. Because that's only utilizing the tzibur to do what they need, rather than helping the tzibur, and then for sure a person in that position sets himself on the other side of everybody. He's not the public benefactor, on the contrary. He's using the public to satisfy him. And that's why Shmaya says the, the Musa he gave us, which was uh, the life lesson, was a Havisamilacha. For anybody, that's a big Maida. And specifically for a Chacham, because by a Chacham we saw there's also the Cheshpan of Kedesh Hashem or Chilul Hashem. If it appears to the Rabbim that the, the position he's taking is uh, something which. He's using the Torah to get advantage, to take benefit from. So then it makes his learning Torah to look like a Kedal Hashem. Whereas if a person learns Torah, but he's a Havisa Melacha, which means he doesn't rely on the Torah to support him, uh, then his proficiency in Torah is seen as completely Hashem Shemayim. It's not something he stands to gain personal benefit from. Uh, so we find both by Moshe, by Shmuel, by Shizkarach, we just had it, that they both tell Kaisha. It's Who did I take anything from? Who did I borrow anything from? Like the, both of them were completely blameless as leaders in the sense that they never took any benefit from their position and therefore it's even more important for a Talmud Chachum, so to speak, to Yehovah Melacha and not rely on the Tzibur, even more than it would be for the regular person. Besides for the benefit that everybody will get, from not needing to rely on others, that's the shlemus that they, so to speak, they're able to take care of themselves, they aren't reliant on others. Like we said, when it comes to the chachamim who aren't reliant on others, then it creates a much bigger kiddush Hashem. And as the last point, which we also said before, the maral said at the beginning, that is, it makes it more, it makes them more able to to do their job as malach Hashemay. Just like we want the judge to be impartial, and that way he can pass and not be the MS. And he's not cowed by the fact that one of the litigants is the person who's supporting him. Same thing by a person who's teaching Torah. You want him to to teach and to rule in the halacha and to guide people without without uh, prejudice and without uh, unfair advantage. If somebody feels beholden to somebody, 
financially, and then he can't do his job the way he's meant to do it. So that's the mailer of Havis HaMalacha, specifically for, like we said, the Avas Hashem, which we learned from Shmaya, and that is that you know, for people in power, the best the best way for a person to be in authority is when he's not used to that as an authority to take advantage of other people. On the contrary, it's just a position that he can use in order to give to people. That would be the the that that would be the positive side, and then the corollary that also brings people to Avas Hashem. Uh, it'll bring people to Avas Hashem when the leaders that they have uh, they look up to in the sense that. The leaders are completely master, are completely committed to what's good for the tibur, and they're not using leadership as a way to climb a political ladder to get advantage. And now we come to the second of the Zugas, and that's Avtalion. And if you look at Avtalion, says, even before we attempt to understand the Maral's explanation, what he seems to say is very long-winded, and the question is why he needs all the elaboration. So let's see the Mishnah of Tzadion Oimer. Tzadion says, Chachamim, he's horror with Ibrahim. Chachamim, you should be careful with what you say. Why? Shema tachoyvu choyvas Godus, in case something happens and you have to go to Godus. Vatigu lemakam maimaraim. And you're going to go to Godus, the place of, of the evil water. Vayishto atamidim haboim acharechim viyamusu. And the students are going to come after you are going to drink those evil waters and they're going to die, and that will cause a chil rasha. What's he referring to? What's the concept of the goddess that uh, maybe you'll be high goddess and therefore you should be careful with your words? Because you might go to a place of Mayim Rhyme and the students who come after you will drink those Mayim Rhyme. And if you look carefully at the apostle, he didn't say that maybe you're going to say things which people are going to misinterpret and make mistakes. And that's going to cause him to die. He also didn't say that maybe you're going to cause the Maim Roim. What he said was maybe you're going to go to a place where the Maim Haroim already are. And now the Talmudim who come with you are going to drink the Maim Roim which are in that place. And that's the problem. So what are you referring to? Obviously this is the Moshe. What's the Nimshah? What's the idea of the place of the Maim Roim that a person might be going to Godless to? And then when he's there that might cause the Talmudim who come with him uh, to get affected by them. We know from Chazal that what Antigonus was, refer- was referring to was the mission of Antigonus Yusecha. Antigonus said a person shouldn't be like a, someone who serves the Rav on the Nasla Kabul Press. He should be like someone who serves not on the Nasla Kabul Press. And we know that there were two Talmidim of Antigonus who heard him say that. And used it as an excuse to deny that his reward. They misinterpret him to say that the reason why he shouldn't have in mind a reward for serving Hashem is because there isn't one. And that led them to go off, and uh, off the off the derech of Chazal and abandon everything that the Chachamim said. That's it. Chachamim, the as we know, and. Uh, they led a movement which denied the validity of the Torah Shabbatah. Now the question is, what exactly was it to misunderstand? We look what Antigonus said, he said something very straightforward, very easily understood. That is, our motivation in serving Hashem shouldn't be to get reward. 
How would people explain that in the context of Antigonus as the students who understood that to mean, or misconstrued that to mean, that they won't be rewarded? So, let's see how the morale explains the mission. When Avtalian Hishlim Dvarov, Avtalian comes to finish, complete what Shmaya said, and that is what Shmaya said positively, what a person should do to bring about the Kedesh Hashem as a leader, is be self-sufficient. What Avtalian says, what to do to avoid, not what not to do, so that one shouldn't cause a Chilol Hashem. That's the second, uh, second perspective, the negative. And he says, therefore, the first of the Zugis' uh, direction is what a person should do. That what he said itself is how to bring people to love Hashem by the way he acts to go to love Hashem. And that is, when he sees the Tamil Chacham, the way they conduct themselves as such, they're not looking to benefit from other people, they're not looking to take advantage of other people. If we saw And people respect Tamil Chacham for the Maila that they're learning Torah. They don't see it as that they're learning Torah as an excuse or as a way to get something else. And people appreciate Torah learning. Gamki Avas Tamil like we said beforehand, that uh, same thing, the, the person who is Nenemi Kapoi is Ashrech Ubaylam Azeh and brings that level as well. And Kosher Gan Shishin Sarabonus, Kikashay Yisna Rabonus, Ainel Shoyev Avadis Hashem, Vainem Avakish Rak Avdus for the Hasra. Same thing, a person is looking to serve Hashem, he's not looking for power. Kibana Sarah Bala Rishus, Vakish Kwedu Durasai. A person who has power looks to consolidate or even further his power. And that becomes his primary obje- objective rather than serving Hashem. And he says, many Melachim, they made this mistake. So much so, it's impossible, this is morale to be freed from it. So which Melachim is he talking about? Let's give the example of two. Two Melachim that the power that they had, that's what ruined them. The first one is Shal. Shal, the Torah says about him, The Torah says about Shal that he was head and shoulders literally, but also figuratively. Above the rest of Kla Yisrael, he was the biggest tzaddik that there was. The Gemara, the Pasuk says about him, that when he became king, he was like a Ben Shana, he was like a one-year-old who had no, no avarice, he had never done anything wrong. And within a few short months of becoming a king, Shaul, desperate to maintain power, Shaul sets on a campaign to destroy David Melech and to kill anybody who he sees as helping David. Shaul the tzaddik becomes Shaul the mass murderer. He wipes out a whole city of tzaddikim, of kainim, because he thinks they might be supporting David and not him. And we ask ourselves, what was it that changed Shaul from being such a tzaddik into doing something so terrible? And we understand. It was this sir, the authority that Shaul had as a king, and he wanted desperately to hold on to, and he was too scared to lose. That's something which was Mukalkal Shaul. And another example of the same principle, also by a king, who also started off a big tzaddik. And that was Yeraman ben Nevat. 
The Pasuk says about Yeravim that he was once with his his teacher, Achia Ashirani the Navi, and it says the two of them were in the field by themselves, which literally means they're in the field by themselves. But what Chachamim explained, the Chazal explained in the Pasuk, is a field is just a big, vast expanse of grasses, and there were two people standing in a field where the rest of the field was grass. And Chazal said that describes the level of Achia Shiloni and Yeravim Benavat to the rest of their dar. They were like two people compared to everyone else being like grass. They were in their own category. So we have a tzaddik of that stature, a Tamil Chacham of that stature, and he's given power over, he's appointed as a king in his own merit, over ten of the Shvatim of Kla Yisrael. And within a few months of becoming a king also, Yeravim begins to try to protect his covet, he's scared he's going to lose support, and that brings him to not just serving of a desire, but distorting the entire Jewish perspective and leading all ten Shvatim on a path of destruction, introducing a desire into Klai Yisrael. And that was the beginning of the end. From there, the, the ten Shvatim were on a path of falling further and further until eventually they were exiled without a trace. And every time when the Pasuk talks about the sins of the ten Shvatim, it's always attributed back to Yeravim. He sinned and he caused the whole Israel to sin along with him. And here also we can ask ourselves the question, how could it be someone who started off as such a tzaddik, someone who started off as, so to speak, the pride of Klai Yisrael, should be the cause of Klai Yisrael's mass defection to Avedu Zara? And yes, that's the Kayach of the Shara. Because like the Maral tells us here, that when a person is looking to protect their own power, so then they're going to see that as something more important than anything else. And whatever value it is, it will justify the, in their eyes the importance of protecting their power. That's the Shrara which is Makalka. That's another reason why he says a person should avoid authority, a person should avoid uh, rulership, leadership. So what's the answer? Klai Yisrael is not meant to have leaders. Klai Yisrael is meant to be leaderless. Everybody should refuse the job. Klai Yisrael had good leaders too. And how did they overcome that temptation? To consolidate their power and uh, even at the expense of whatever there it might be. So let's look at David Amalekh. David Amalekh, who we call the quintessential king, the leader of Klai Yisrael, he was also a king. He also had authority, power. What did David Amalekh do to ensure that his power wouldn't corrupt him like it did to other kings? And what the Pasuk tells us, the Pasuk calls David by title, Adina Ha'etzli. Adin ad, is someone who's delicate, who's gentle, who's ethnic, who's powerful. As a king, David was powerful. He would wage battles, he was a strong leader. But at the same time, Adina, he was someone who was very soft, very gentle, and that the Gemara explains that he looked for Tamil Chacham who was bigger than him to learn by. 
And he humbled himself completely to ever he considered to be greater than him in Torah. The Gemara says he was thrown on the floor as a king. He was thrown on the floor in front of ever he considered a greater Tamil Chacham, who he would sit on the, on, the, on, the, on the throne, on the chair. Whether it was at the beginning, Shushai, or it was Mephibosheth at one stage, or even Nachitaifel, who David honored because he had learned one thing from. But the way David counted that, so to speak, Yetzer, of wanting to take power, of Srara, of importance, was by finding a, someone he could learn Torah from who was greater than him, and that gave him a chance to exercise the opposite, to exercise humility, to exercise deferring himself to somebody who he gave more covet. And that way the theater of wanting to be in control, he found a way to curb that. Whereas other kings, like we said, Shaul HaMelech, Yeravim ben Levat, who started as big tzaddikim, as big tzaddikim, as big as well, but the Surara later on caused them to do bigger and bigger averis. So that's the negative. That's the positive. What a person should do is to cause Avas Hashem and to avoid a, a, taking a position which is going to put him in conflict with Avas Hashem. And that is a position where he's looking to protect or expand his own authority, his own influence. Now in the second part, he tells what not to do. To warn us of what a person shouldn't do. You're not going to say something which people can use as a pretext. So that Talmudim who aren't good Talmudim won't distort what you say as a reason to blame what they're doing on. And now because you're being blamed for what they're saying, it'll cause a chilol Hashem. In other words, Avtayim was saying we're not talking about the Chacham who's going to say the wrong thing. What the Chacham says is right. But we're worried about the Talmud who's going to misrepresent what the Chacham said. And then people are going to assume that what the Talmud is saying, B'Shem the Chacham is what the Chacham said. And if that strikes us as being wrong, so then we're going to say the Chacham said something which was the source of the mistake, and people will trust him as a Chacham, and now what he's being quoted to have said, which wasn't true, is going to be a source of a Chidol Hashem. Let's give a very, very scary example of this from the Navi itself. A story we began before, let's continue the thread. The story of Yeravim ben Nevat. Yeravim ben Nevat becomes king on Hashem's appointment of the Ten Shatim. Yeravim ben Nevat wants to protect his own power. And the way he wants to do that is by leading Klayashal to serve of Erezara. But Klayashal wasn't so stupid. Klayashal was loyal to Hashem. Why would they accept this young king who's going to tell them to do the wrong thing? So there's a Chazal. And Chazal say what Yeravim did is he went to the Navi who appointed him. And he said to him, you appointed me to become king, but I'm scared the Jewish people aren't going to know that. They won't accept me. So I'd like, I'd like you to write a letter for me that Hashem, I'm the king, and people have to listen to what I say. 
which Achiyah Shalani did. Hashem had instructed him to anoint Yeravim ben Nevat as a king of the ten Shvatim. So he wrote Yeravim a letter. With Vara Hashem, Yeravim has been chosen as king of the ten Shvatim, and everybody is mechayiv to listen to him. Now Achiyah Shalani was following the nevuah he was given, and he had the best intentions in mind. But, Chazal tells Yeravim used that letter. And he went around Kai Yisrael and when he tried to tell them to serve Avodah he said, what? Serve Avodah Are you crazy? How can we be disloyal to Hashem? He said, look, I have a letter from a Navi that you all know and trust, but you have to listen to me. And they understood that to mean even to do things like Averis, even to disobey Hashem and serve Avodah So that would be an example of how what the Tzadik said was misconstrued, was deliberately falsified and misused, but of course it's a Chilal Hashem. Because now people will think, well, we're doing what Achiyah Shiloni told us to do. We, we have a, so to speak, a tzaddik who's killed or giving his uh, sanction to what's being done. That's what the Tanyan meant. His Haru So what, you, what you're saying shouldn't be used as something which could be misconstrued even deliberately. But then people are going to think this is what the tzaddik said. This is what the Chacham said, and it's going to cause a Chilal Hashem. I'll tell you a more recent story of the same nature. I heard this from my Rabbi of David Morgenstein, who was one of the Talmudim closest Rabbi Yashi. About 20 years ago, there was a certain base in America. They wanted to rely on certain Kulis when it came to Gitin. And of course, when you're coming to give Gitin and trying to rely on a big Kulis, there are obviously are going to be those who dispute it and are going to disagree with, uh, claim that doing such things is increasing Ramzerim. So they decided they want to go speak to Rabbi Yashiv about it. Because they felt if they have Rabbi Yashiv's backing for what they're saying, so they will accept it. So they contacted Rabbi Morgenstern and asked him, could you organize us an appointment to come and discuss the sugi with Rabbi Yashiv? So Rabbi Morgenstern went to Rabbi Yashiv and Rabbi Yashiv said, I'm asking you to ensure that I'll never see those people. They shouldn't come into my house, they shouldn't meet me. Make sure we never see, we never we never happen to cross paths. So Morgan asked him, what's the big deal? If you don't agree with their hats, then just say you don't agree with it. So Yashif told him, he said, they're not coming here to ask my opinion. They've already decided this is what they want to do. So whatever I say isn't going to make a difference. Because even if I hold this Asr and I tell them it's Asr, it's not going to change their mind. So the Yashif told Morgan, what are they going to do? They're going to come to me. They'll talk to me about it. I'll say 100% it's Asr. There's no way in the world you can do it. But they're going to leave and they're going to say, we think this is Mutzah. We even discussed it with Rabbi Yashif. And uh, that's the truth. They're not going to tell you that Rabbi Yashif said it's 100% Asr. They'll say, we even discussed it with Rabbi Yashif. And it'll leave people to think that it means, and he agreed with that. And then Rabbi Yashif said, the only aid to there is, is so she never said they can discuss it with me. I never want to talk to them about it. That's another example of how what somebody says can be misused and they're going to get blamed for something wrong. The obvious question, I'm sure everyone's thinking, and we need to think and we have to ask, is what's the person meant to do? What's the person meant to do? If you're talking about being unclear that people can misunderstand you and not cause a mistake, it's one thing. But if you're talking about somebody who's deliberately trying to misrepresent what you say, 
and falsify it in a way which is going to cause mistakes, or how you meant to prevent it, how you meant to avoid it. So everybody's a shame, we'll see you next time. Uh, the advice of the Italian had the moral explained it.